I'm Craig Kenneth, a relationship coach and a psychotherapist. Every relationship is different and every breakup is different. Work with me and you'll get professional help on your situation. And if you're in no contact, focused on personal growth, my creative healing course is filled with hours of exclusive content. Available now at AskCraig.net. Hi there, I'm Coach Craig Kenneth. I'm Coach Margaret. Today we're gonna to be talking about parents and children. Well, parents and children actually have a huge place in our romantic relationships. Right. Because our parents are really our blueprint of this world and how we form our relationships and ultimately, many of you want to be a parent one day if you're not already. And getting parenting right is not easy. It no. takes a lot of work and a lot of energy and a lot of effort. Absolutely. And so we're going to talk about this today because if you can heal your relationship with your parents mm -hmm. and your children, it's going to improve kind of your self-esteem and your ability to connect with the other people in your life. Yes, with your romantic partners and your children. Yeah. Okay, so this is kind of a three-generation model to think about things, okay? And now the person who wrote this article is going to talk a little bit in this next section about the kinds of things she does in therapy with parents and children. Okay. Okay? So what do you got for us, Margaret? Okay. What she says is, as a psychologist, part of my work is to look for these clues. Mm -hmm. Clues meaning what, what people are all about. From the first session, I lean into my patient's story, listening for hints that bring their attachment style to light. Mm -hmm. Okay? Patients with an anxious attachment style can describe their mothers as worry warts, and they often grew up in families where they tended to to their mom's emotions. And we do hear that frequently. What was growing up like for you? My mom was very anxious and I took care of her a lot. She leaned on me a lot, mm -hmm. okay? Um, Ask me how I know. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I, I know how you know, Greg. Those with an avoidant attachment style might describe parents who pushed them to become independent. Guided by mistaken beliefs, that ignoring distress makes it go away, mm. their parents awful, often told them to get over it whenever they felt afraid, sad, angry, or disappointed. Yeah. Okay? Each mother's experience varies, but a thread of similarities in these dependency conflicts stands out. Without a consistent caregiver, these women often form misguided notions about what it means to rely on others. For many, it might feel dangerous, shameful, or completely off limits, okay? So if you were not allowed to be the normal dependent child you would normally be, um, it can do a really bad job on you, okay? Children need to be dependent. We come into the world dependent, and parents who are uncomfortable with that can give us really mixed messages about being close to other people, mm -hmm. okay? Yeah. Um, as a result, the patient develops a false narrative that having needs makes one weak, burdensome, or incompetent. Oh, God, you hear it all the time. Don't you? Yeah. 
All right. Healing attachment wounds starts by creating a coherent narrative. And I know we're saying this frequently, but we can't say it frequently enough, which means linking the past with the present. You have to look at your own growing up and process it and make a story out of it so you can tell it as a story, okay? Which means linking the past with the present. As a psychodynamic psychotherapist, I do this by offering an interpretation. For instance, with a mother who's feeling guilty about asking for help, I might say to her, I wonder if you feel stuck because as a child, you weren't allowed to depend on anyone. What a brilliant sentence in my estimation. Mm -hmm. Okay, the therapist is going to say to you, wow, you know, maybe nobody let you be dependent as a child, so of course it's hard for you to look for help. Um, all right. Each patient responds differently to an interpretation. Those with anxious style might move towards the therapist, ready to share more information. An avoidantly attached patient might keep a safe distance and back away. Mm -hmm. All right. Even from the therapist, they're going to act out whatever their attachment style is. Regardless of the patient's reaction, I respond with empathy and curiosity. Like an actor preparing for a role, I imagine what it's like to stand in my patient's shoes. Stepping inside their experience can make the unreachable more accessible. Over time, the therapeutic relationship becomes a secure base mm -hmm. that the patient trusts, which can help them sort through childhood trauma and disrupted attachment in a safe and supportive way. One of the things I learned doing my initial work as a protective investigator was that the minute you started to take care of the parent, no matter how, how little you did, it had an instant effect on how they treated their children. Mm -hmm. Okay? The pain of the past never fully dissipates. We learn how to cope with it and look at it differently. Okay? So if you come from a traumatized childhood, that will always be with you. But you can learn to deal with it. And someone wrote a wonderful book once called Strong in the Broken Places. So you can go back and heal the places where you were hurt or the times of life when you were hurt. And believe it or not, it happens incredibly frequently that the age at which a parent may have been abused is the exact age when they abused their child. Okay? And when they figure that out, it relieves them a hundred times. All right? You don't feel quite like such a bad person when you realize there's at least a reason why you behaved the way you did. Or maybe you've let your child get abused at that age, too. Exactly. And that often happens, too. We've seen that. Oh, we certainly have. Um, I won't go into it now, but we'll go back to that another time. Mm -hmm. um, currently, and certainly, psychotherapy can mend attachment wounds. Attachment-oriented psychotherapists help clients use the body to help heal the mind, teaching them how to read physiological cues for signs of distress and providing an empathic response to any emotional any emotions and memories that arise. But regardless of the type of therapy one receives, studies show that it is the relationship between the therapist and the client that matters the most. Yep. That's absolutely true, and it's been well known for a long time. So you could have two therapists coming from totally different theoretical perspectives, and if they're good therapists, the patient's going to get better.
All right. I think some therapies make it easier than others, but overall it's the relationship that makes the difference. And that heals attachment wounds. That's the real point of this whole thing. Of course, parents-to-be can reflect on their own upbringing, even if they don't speak to a therapist behind closed doors. In the book, Parenting from the Inside Out, Siegel and Hartzell share questions for self-reflection, such as, do you recall your earliest separations from your parents? What was it like? And how did your parents discipline you as a child? What impact did it have on your childhood? And I just want to say again here, if you're not quite ready to go to therapy, there are many other ways you can work on your own issues. Uh, I have ordered that book. It's all, only $9, mm -hmm. and it's kind of a how-to book, and I will talk more about it when I get the book. And i got to tell you, Margaret, just listening to this article alone, it made me feel really good about the course. Yes. Because we covered uh -huh. the empathetic part yeah. that you talked about right. the article. Right. There's a lot in that we have uh -huh. cartoon on it. Yeah. We have whiteboard video on it. And, and, and then the when we were talking about making the story of your life, right. you helped us put together that big story of your life section of that. Yes, so. and that's because I had been reading Dr. Siegel. Mm -hmm. um, but I've known that for a long time. Yep. They, they tell you, you need a narrative. You need to be able to tell the story. And you'd be amazed how many people we talk to who don't remember. Yep. And that that's very serious, and it's not safe because you can reenact what you don't remember. Yeah. Okay. So if you're not quite ready to go to therapy, there are many other places you can start. When I began in the business, we didn't have the wonderful things on the computer that we do now. If you have almost any problem on earth and you look it up, you can find information and a support group on it. Mm. Okay, which is wonderful. Yep. So start wherever you can. All right. Answering the questions that Siegel and his partner have in the book, according to them, frees your mind from entanglements of the past and liberates you to better understand yourself. Noticing what emotions arise can be clues as to whether additional guidance, such as therapy, might be useful. Mm -hmm. For instance, recalling a childhood memory that causes tightness in the chest, a knot in the stomach, and a desire to escape the emotion can be a sign that something painful needs tending to, okay? So sometimes as you start to talk about this stuff, you can get even a physical reaction. Oh yeah. That can be useful. Yeah, I think it's pretty common for that anxiety yes, to is. come up when, yes, you're, when you're really Absolutely. digging through the past. Yep. Absolutely. And you know, whatever those painful needs are, we will try to tend to them. First by acknowledging them, saying them out loud, and then working on them. On the other hand, not being able to recall much of one's childhood might also be noteworthy. Mm -hmm. Those with an avoidant attachment style don't often remember of their child, much of their childhood experiences, often because they were left alone without much engagement, care, or conversation from their caregivers. Mm -hmm. And I had not thought of that. There are many people who don't remember much about their childhood. Um, and I hadn't thought about it would be particularly rampant among avoidance because nobody ever put words to it for you, okay? Yeah. Um, sometimes the family album can help in that case a lot. At least there are pictures. Yep. Okay? Healing trauma requires a witness. And shifting one's attachment style from anxious, avoidant, or disorganized to secure 
is a healing process, not an immediate outcome. So if you go to therapy, it's not going to fix it quickly. It's, it's lo a long-going business. If you're healing trauma, it requires a witness. What that means is there are many, many people with trauma histories who tried to tell and weren't believed. Okay, so what they need is someone who says to them, I believe every word of your story. It sounds terrible to me. All that kind of thing. Okay, um, if people keep it inside forever, it will do them damage. So they really do need a witness to say, I hear you. I believe you. All right. And that goes for your partners as well. Absolutely. I talked to a guy today whose girlfriend was sexually abused when she was young mm -hmm. and he believed it until she broke up with him and then he was like well I saw the way she acted in the breakup and she was really angry and hostile towards me I'm like well that doesn't negate that she was abused that kind of you know somebody it reinforces the yes idea. yeah and so and you know this woman was working at a strip club and so oh, yes. you know there was a lot going on there and then suddenly when he's angry at her, he says, well, I don't believe her anymore. She was just telling me that to get my sympathy. Yeah, I think so. Those are the famous lines. They said it to get attention. Yeah. Yeah. No, they didn't. Nobody wants to talk about that kind of stuff. Nobody wants to talk about sexual abuse. We do it only because we have to. Okay. And yeah, that would have been disturbing. I would have found that disturbing too. Yeah. I was your witness, but now I'm mad at you. So I think you made it up. Yep. Yep. Wow. Meanwhile, okay. it made, made the, sen the story make more sense to of me. Of course it did. You know? Yeah, of course it did. So the message here is that there is help, and it will help, and you start wherever you can. But it's useful to look back at your own parents, yourselves, and then your children. Okay, so it's a three-generation model, which is really helpful. Absolutely. Okay. Some really deep stuff in there. Yeah. Um, and, you know... You could always look at the course. There's a lot of this stuff is covered in it. Right. And this is exactly one of the things that Margaret and I talked about when developing it is right. the story of your life. The story of your life. You and have to have a narrative. It's amazing that for many, many years, some disciplines have been saying that. Dr. Siegel is a neurobiologist. And to have him saying it, that the famous old practice works neurologically, is very exciting. Yeah, and it makes me feel good about what we did. Absolutely. <laughs> you know, because yeah. it shows Absolutely. we've been on the right path. Absolutely. Yeah. So hopefully you found this one helpful. This took a lot of research for Margaret, right? Putting the, oh, yes. this, this one. This article was wonderful, but it was like 20 pages long and all over the place. <laughs> and, you know, I tried to make it not quite so over the all over the place. But if you felt it was, I understand. <laughs> so give Margaret a thumbs up for this one. Of course, if you want to get our help personally, just go to my website, AskCraig.net. Sign up for the coaching option that works best for you. I do email uh, coaching and I do Skype. And of course, Margaret is available for Skype coaching. If you feel that I can be helpful to you, please contact me. Just click on Margaret on the top of the website to do that. That's it for this video. I'm Coach Craig Kenneth. I'm Coach Margaret. And we will talk with you soon.